Well, thank you, Janina. I, uh, there is nothing that I love more than seeing kids interrupt parents while they're filming videos. Uh, there is just, you know, for me, that is my daily reality. For many of you guys that are still doing Zoom calls and all kinds of things like that, it is just, that's the world we live in. So, man, I am, uh, I'm excited and I am uh, really uh, just pumped about what we have going on today. Uh, my name is Chris Kretzu. I'm the campus pastor here at South Hills Costa Mesa. Uh, and thank you guys for logging on to watch. I know that some of you guys are watching on Facebook. Uh, so shout out to all the Facebook users uh, who are uh, scrolling their timeline at the same time that they're watching church. I know, I know you guys are uh, able to do both at the same time. So shout out to you guys. I know there's some people that are watching on YouTube. Uh, and then uh, one of my favorite ways to watch is actually through the church online platform. So if you go to the southhillscostamesa.org and click on that button, you can watch at the church online platform. And uh, it's a really great way to be able to chat and, uh, and have live prayer. There's notes, there's all kinds of awesome things built into that. So shout out to all of you guys that are watching that way. Uh, man, we have been in this series for the last um, six weeks uh, called This Is Us. Uh, every summer, we try and do a series that gives us the opportunity to talk about, man, what is what are some of the most important things for us? And and uh, and so this idea of this series is really kind of navigating and talking through our values as a church. Um, what are our values? What is it that guides us? Um, our mission, uh, there's a difference between mission and values. Uh, and so our mission as a church is uh, to, um, to reach unchurched people and to lead them into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, that is our mission at South Hills Church. All 11 South Hills campuses all lock arms in that mission, uh, and that guides so much of what we do. You know, a mission is where we are going. This is the place that we are moving towards, and our values are how we get there. Our values are what we say, man, I think that if we do things this way, it will help us reach our mission. And so our mission for the last 22 years at South Hills has been in existence. It's been uh, a little over three and a half years that we've been here in Costa Mesa. Our mission has always been to lead unchurched people, people that are disconnected from church, disconnected from faith, to reach them and lead them into a growing relationship with Jesus. And so we're talking through our values and, and what does it look like for us to live in a way that helps us do that? These values aren't only something that we hold on to as a church or as an organization, but they're values that we believe, uh, that we've found that have been based on scripture and who Jesus is calling us to be. Um, and so our mission is, is where we are going. It is our North Star. When we think through worship, we think through it in light of our mission. When we think through our community outreach, our, our events, when we think through um, discipleship and how do we grow in our faith, it's all thought through this lens of how do we reach people that are disconnected from church, disconnected from God, and how do we lead them uh, into a growing relationship with Jesus. And so this kind of covers so much of what we do, and it's a filter for us. It's not just something that we decided to come up with or that we felt was cool. Uh, and actually, in Matthew chapter 28, some of the last words that Jesus spoke after um, the resurrection, he was talking with the disciples, and he said in Matthew 28, he said, Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Jesus, in this moment, he's talking to the disciples who uh, had been following him for a few years. They lived in this very specific area. And Jesus is saying, I want you to go to the people that are not yet connected, and I want you to reach them. I want you to teach them about who I am, and I want you to help them learn how to grow in a relationship with me. And, and that's what this step of baptism is part of that journey. So this 
this great commission, as it's oftentimes referred to as, this is something that Jesus charged all Christians with. And so for us as a church, we've broken that down and said, this is going to be our mission as a church. This is where we want to go as a church. And so what are the values that can help us accomplish what Jesus has called us to do? It's super important stuff for us as a whole. It's super important for us as individuals. It's something that I deeply, deeply care about. And I am grateful of who South Hills Costa Mesa has become. There's people in our church that would identify all over the spectrum as it comes to their spiritual uh, journey. There's some people that have been Christians for years and years and decades and decades. There's some that are still not sure if they would consider themselves to be a Christian. I love that reality because what that means is that we are reaching people uh, from all over the place, from all walks of life. We're not just reaching people that are already Christians, although that is great and we love doing that, but we're reaching people that are disconnected from a church family, They're disconnected from God spiritually. Maybe there's just been kind of a gap in that journey for them. Uh, And we get to continue to reach out and engage the way that Jesus invited us to. The value that we're talking about today specifically is tied to our mission. Uh, All of them help us get there. But this value that we're talking about today specifically connects to what Jesus has called all Christians to do. And it specifically connects to our mission as South Hills Church, which is to reach unchurched people and lead them into a growing relationship with Jesus. This value is a crucial one. One of the things I've loved about this series is that over the last few weeks, we've actually gotten to hear from different voices. Uh, Some of them are people that are friends of South Hills. Some of them are staff members of South Hills. But all of them have a unique perspective on what these values mean for us and what does it look like for us to to practically lean in and hold on to these things. And today uh, is going to be a little bit different because we're kind of sharing a little bit of the teaching responsibilities. Uh, Today, uh, because it's Back to School Sunday, I thought that it would be an incredible an incredibly fun thing to do for us to not only uh, have somebody else share a bit about this value, but for it to be somebody that spends most of their time with students. They spend most of their time reaching into the hearts and the lives of the students, not only at our church, but in our communities. And so I would love for you, wherever you're at, to give a huge welcome to the stage for the very first time, Miss Brianna Ganariel. So let's have it. Thank you. Um, Good morning, everyone. I'm super excited to be here with you guys. Um, Like Pastor Chris said, my name is Brianna, and I am the South Hills Students Director here at South Hills Costa Mesa. And um, a little bit about me, I started coming to South Hills Costa Mesa at the end of 2017, beginning of 2018. Um, And from there, I uh, fell in love with the church. I I started getting involved, and um, I began to call South Hills home. And uh, uh, it was towards the end of 2018, about September-ish, that I actually started um, South Hills Students. And so we're coming up on a month, it will be two years with South Hills Students, and it has been such a fun, fun journey. Um, Challenging, but mostly fun. The the students are are definitely, um, probably some of the coolest people at at this campus. Um, Not to say you're not cool, definitely are, but, South Hill students, they, I have some of the, be- the best group, probably. And so um, with that, I, uh, I, I did fall in love with South Hills back in 2018. And, and so I'm super excited to be able to have this opportunity to, um, to share with you guys today, to share this value with you. Um, but before we do, let's pray. Um, 
Lord Jesus, thank you for today, God. Thank you for um, this opportunity that we have um, to be with each other um, virtually, Jesus. I just pray, God, that wherever we are at in the world right now, Jesus, that um, we are uh, aware of your presence in each and every place that we're at, God, that um, we are open to what you have um, to say. Um, Lord, we love you, and in your name we pray. Amen. Awesome. So I don't know about you, but um, I like being invited to parties. And and I am an introvert. And so I don't necessarily always want to go to the parties, but I do like being invited is is really nice. Right. And and I would even say probably that everyone loves getting invited to a party. And um, and like I said, I am introverted. And so we usually expect, oh, yeah, extroverts are going to love being invited to parties. And that's the case usually. Um, but I would say that introverts do too because um, there's something about being invited to a party that makes us feel um, welcomed. It makes us feel part of something um, bigger than us. It makes us feel part of a team. And and so um, that's why I say like everyone loves being invited to parties. But then there's the other side of it where it hurts and sometimes it sucks when we are not invited, right? When we, we're on social media, we're on Instagram scrolling through, and we see that our coworkers had a Zoom party and we weren't invited. That, um, or, or they have an in-person party and we weren't invited. And, and we can start to feel um, left out. And it can make us feel like, what did we do wrong? Are we not okay? Are we not friends anymore? What, what happened? And it can make us feel bad. Um, and I think we've all probably been in situations like this. We've all experienced this in some way. And, and I actually... Um, I, I kind of experienced this uh, about two years ago. I, I was in college. Uh, I just recently graduated, but I was in school. And my first few years, I kind of struggled, um, struggled making friends because, like I said, I'm introverted and, and, and it's hard for me to, like, make friends, to talk to people. And so um, my first year, it was really hard. And towards the end of the year, I finally thought I found this group of friends. I was like, great. I, I found this group. I, I connect with them. This, this is great. Um, and then I ended up living with one of my friends um, at, at that next semester, my, la- my second year of school. And, and I was living with her and things were going great. But like I said, I am introverted, right? So I needed to recharge alone. I needed to recharge by myself um, in order to be a good friend to her. And so um, also another part, uh, that semester that I was living with my, uh, my friend at the time, uh, I was taking a bunch of classes. I was super busy all the time. I was interning at South Hills. I, w- I was so, so busy. And so um, a lot of the times I would be gone all day. And so that kind of created the strain on my friendship that I didn't realize at the time. And so I remember there was this one day um, I, I, was, I had been in class all day doing internship stuff, been at the library. And it was finally towards like late afternoon that I, I walked into my dorm and um, my roommate and um, our, our other friend was in the room and they were all dressed up. And I was like, Hey guys, how are you doing? Um, and they're like, we're good. And I really wanted to ask, like, where are you going? Like, why didn't I get the invite? What's going on? But I didn't. Um, and so I just said, oh, cool. Like, what are you guys like? How? What's up? What's up? And then they just said, oh, well, we're going to this concert and um, bye. And they just left. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Um, it kind of was taken back because, mind you, about a month earlier, I had just invited them or told them about this concert. I was like, hey, we should go to this concert. It would be fun. And they kind of just were like, oh yeah, maybe. And then they were going to this concert. They didn't even invite me. And I was like, wow, this sucks. And I remember in the moment, I, I felt sad. I was like, 
wow, this, this hurts. I thought we were friends. And I thought, what did I do wrong? And I started to have these feelings. And I think a lot of the times when we are in situations where we're not invited to a party, a concert, whatever it is, we, we can begin to feel like we did something wrong. We can begin to feel sad. Um, and so it's actually kind of funny because Jesus tells a parable about how God doesn't do, do this. God doesn't not invite us to things. And so I'm going to read this parable um, um, to you guys right now. Um, it's in Luke 14, verses 16 through 23. And it says, in verse 16, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come for everything is now ready. But they all like began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly to the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you have done has been ordered, has, what you have ordered has been done, but there's still room. Then the master told his servant, go out into the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. And so I think there's been, a, I think we all can kind of relate to either we've thrown a party, either a birthday party, uh, a dinner party, whatever it is, we've thrown a party or we've been maybe invited to a party where we got our invite to that um, a, a week, a month ahead of time, right? Or a few weeks ahead of time. And so that's kind of what's happening here is there's this man and um, this man is throwing a banquet. So that kind of tells us um, that he is of high status in the society, right? So he's throwing this banquet, he's inviting his friends, he's inviting um, probably his friends of equal status, higher status in society. And he's inviting them. He's saying, come. And he sent out the invites weeks ahead of time. And then day of, no one shows up. And, it, and it's kind of like um, you're throwing a wedding, or not throwing a wedding, you're having a wedding. And you send out your invites months ahead of time, right? And, and you do all of this. And then day of the wedding, you're walking down the aisle or you're at the end of the aisle and no one showed up. Like not even your mom, no one came and, and you were just there and, and you're upset, right? You're upset that you spent all this money, thousands of dollars on this part, on this wedding and no one shows up and you get angry. And that's what's happening here is this man planned this party. He, he prepared, he bought things, he decorated, he bought food to celebrate, to, to have this banquet and no one showed up. And so he was angry. And so he told his servant, he said, go invite everyone in town, invite them and bring them into my house so that they can be a part of this banquet. And so he said this, and mind you, at this time, when people of high status uh, were throwing parties, they would never invite the poor, the crippled. They would never invite them into their home because a lot of the times these people were seen as dirty. They were seen as the outcast of, of society. And so they would never be invited into someone's home. But this man said, I don't care about any of that. Bring them into my home. Let me have this party with them. And this, um, this is exactly what God does. God does the same for us. God doesn't care about what we did last month. He doesn't see what we did last month, last week, last night. He doesn't see that and hold that against us. Instead, he says, come and sit at the table with me. Come and have a relationship with me. He, he doesn't, regardless of what we did last night, regardless of what we did last week, he doesn't care. He says, come and be in community with me. And with that, God calls us to then invite people to come to the party as well. He, he calls us 
to invite people that maybe we wouldn't even think about, right? This man in the story, in this parable, he invited people, he ended up inviting people that he didn't want at first, right? He invited the outcasts, the people he never wanted to come to to begin with. And that's what God's calling us to do too. He's saying, listen, there are people in your life right now, whether it's a friend, a family member, a coworker, there's someone in your life that you probably would never invite to church. You would never invite because maybe they are of a different religion or maybe they don't even believe in God. And so you kind of ride them off in your head as like, they're not, I'm not gonna invite them. There's no point. They're not gonna show up. What is the point in inviting them? And so we, we think this, and so we immediately just say, we're not going to invite them, but what God is telling us, what God is calling us to do is invite them. And, and it can be scary. Don't get me wrong. Like, I have people in my life, I have friends and, and family members that I kind of think, uh, I don't know if I really want them to come. I, I don't really know if I want to invite them. And not because, like, I don't want them here. I just have this feeling, this gut feeling that they're going to say no. And, and it's funny because what we were talking about earlier, we were talking about how Everyone loves getting invited to party. Whether they go or not, there's this, there's this um, feeling that we get of being feeling included and feeling welcomed, and it feels good when we're invited. And so the same is true when we invite someone. Even if they say no to coming to church, they will still get this feeling of, I am welcomed, even if I don't show up. I am part of something, even if I don't come. And so if fear of rejection is what's causing you to not invite someone. Um, I just, I just pray that you get get that out because um, being there at the end of the day, they're going to be happy that they were invited, even if they don't show up. And also I think it's so easy for us to ride people off as saying, they're going to say, no, they're not going to come. But there is a possibility. And I know it's hard to believe, but there's a possibility that they will say, yes, there's a possibility that they'll say, okay, like, yeah, I'll come. Like, it's not going to hurt to come. And so instead of just for us to, to make these assumptions about people and their decisions, just invite them. And if they say no, they say no. But, but if they say yes, then they can come and they can be part of something big, something amazing. Um, and it's funny because going back to my story I was talking about earlier, how um, I wasn't invited to the concert and I felt super bummed out. Well, turns out that night I actually had to print out this paper that I had for class the next day and it was a little later and I didn't realize the library had closed that night and so I was like oh dang I went to the library it was closed I was like shoot I have to go to Staples and print this out right now and so I go up to my dorm to get my keys and I'm like well it's a little late um I kind of rather not go by myself to Staples um and so I I had this a quad mate. I was living in this quad. There's four dor- um, dorms in there. And I had this quad mate and she was kind of part of my friend group, but she was super introverted like me. So we didn't really, um, we we're more uh, of a, like not really friends too much. And so I, I had just um, decided, you know what, let me just text her. I figured she hadn't gone to the concert. So let me just text her and see if she wants to go to Staples with me. So I texted her. I said, hey, Kat, you want to go to Staples? And that's it. I just said, hey, you want to go to Staples? And I had figured she was probably going to either ignore me or just not say anything. So I'm like, in five minutes, if she doesn't text me back, I'm, I'm going to just go. And within the minute, Kat responded. She said, sure, what time? And I said, uh, let's go now. And so we went to Staples. And at this point, I was kind of nervous because, mind you, she's super introverted, just like me. And so what are we going to talk about? And so I was kind of nervous, kind of scared a little bit. But I was like, okay, let's go to Staples. And so we went. And it is so funny because that night, I ended up 
we ended up talking. We ended up talking all night. We talked about our past. We talked about our goals for the future. Um, we talked about things going on in our lives at the time. We, we, we laughed and we cried. We, we experienced um, so much life in just that little bit of time. We, we became friends. And, and now two years, two years later, um, Ket is one of my closest friends. She's someone I go to when I want to share my highs and my lows of life. She's someone that I go to when I need to um, vent, when I need to cry, but also when I need to laugh. She is someone that I go to all the time, and she's someone I do life with. And it is because of the simple text that I said, hey, you want to go to Staples, that that friendship grew, that that friendship became something. And so um, by just sending out a simple text, I grew a friendship. And so even by you just sending out a simple text with a link to a, a live stream service, you could potentially, I'm not promising, promising this, but I am saying you could potentially create a relationship between someone and God. And this isn't a promise, but this is potentially what can be the case. It's just a simple text. You don't have to convince, coerce, or convert anyone. You just have to invite them. I didn't have to convince Ket to come to Staples with me. I just texted her, hey, you want to go to Staples? The man in the story, he didn't have to coerce these people into his home. He just said, he just invited them. He just said, I'm throwing a banquet. Come to my banquet. And, and they showed up. You don't have to convert someone to Christianity to invite them to church. You just have to send them a text saying, watch this live stream. Or send them a text saying, hey, next Sunday at 1030, do you want to come to church with me? It is as simple as we, we all have these devices in our hands. We may even be watching live stream right now on it. But we have these devices and it is so simple and so easy to be able to reach people and connect with people and invite people. And so um, we should be doing that because that is what God is calling us to do, which is why um, our eighth value here at South Hills church is we won't wait for someone else to reach our friends. We won't wait for someone else to reach our friends. We're not going to, we're not going to wait for someone else to come and, and bring them to church. Instead, we will be the ones to invite them. We'll invite them to the party. We'll invite them to church. And um, so, yeah, with that, uh, I am going to call Pastor Chris back up, and he's going to finish this out. Uh, well, that is um, absolutely right, and Brianna did such an incredible job. You know, this is something we've been talking about for a while. Uh, I don't know if you guys recognize this, but it can be a little bit nerve-wracking to stand up on stage and, and teach to a room of people. Um, but when you stand up on stage and teach to a camera, uh, it's like a whole different world. Uh, and um, so we've been talking about this for a while, and uh, she absolutely crushed it. I mean, the reality of the passion and the intensity with which she said the phrase, uh, you may be wrestling with fear of rejection, but I pray that you get that out. Uh, that is absolutely spot on. Uh, we have this tendency uh, 
to be afraid. We have this tendency to, to fear what others may think of us. We have a tendency to fear um, rejection, uh, and it shows up in so many different ways, whether uh, it is uh, pain that we experience in a relationship, um, whether it's rejection of someone literally telling us no when we invite them in to do something. There are all of these different levels. There's all of these different layers that what we do is we try and to protect ourselves our own hearts, our own minds, the things that we cherish, which is why last week we talked about how we sacrifice, we give up the things we love for things we love even more. What does it look like for me to give up my sense of safety, my sense of worth, my sense of importance to to recognize that I can risk that because what I love even more is reaching out to my friends. We will not wait for someone else to reach our friends. As a pastor, I cannot reach all of your friends. I do not have the connection with your friends. I don't have the relationship, the, the relational equity with your friends. So as a church, we have decided that one of our values, one of the ways that we get to accomplish what Jesus commanded us to do is to recognize that every single one of us has a role to play in reaching the people in our lives. It's not just, man, I really hope my pastor calls them I really hope my pastor reaches out to them. I really hope my pastor uh, visits them. I really hope my pastor invites them. It is this sense of what can I do to reach? I'm not going to wait hoping that somebody else will do it because I care. I care about them. And I want this table to be full. I want this party to be full. I want this faith community, this church. I want, I want this, these relationships to be overflowing with beauty and depth. And that happens when we continue to reach our friends. And we have got to pray away that fear of rejection, that fear of unknown, that fear of being told no. Uh, I know she talks about how it makes her nervous. Uh, and I've said this before, uh, I get nervous inviting people to church. Uh, and I don't know if I'm supposed to say that as a pastor, but I wrestle with these same things. And you better believe when I invite people to church, I never tell them that I'm the preacher. So it's a very confusing lunch conversation every time when they're like, hey, I didn't know that you were going to be the preacher. Uh, and so, but we all wrestle with this sense of, I don't want to make them feel awkward. I don't want to make them feel uncomfortable. And so here's what I want to do. I want to talk very practically for us because there is a sense of rejection that we have to fight against. We have to pray against. There's a sense of a calling that Jesus has given us. And this parable is an example of his heart for the party to be full, for the table to have people in every single seat. So here's what I want to do, because it's not just about inviting them to church, although that is a huge thing. But I understand that maybe we need some baby steps. And so when we talk about this value of we won't wait for someone else to reach our friends, what does it mean for us to reach our friends? What are the ways that we can reach our friends? What are the ways that we can care for them? And here is the crazy thing, is that it is almost always the same things that you want people to do for you. You do not have to do something bizarre and weird. Just do for them what you would like them to do for you. What does it mean for you to check in on them? 
I remember when this quarantine started, uh, I somehow ended up in this chain of people dropping off surprise gift packages at each other's doors. Uh, I didn't sign up for it. Somebody dropped one off at my house, and it meant the world to me. And so then, as and I, we decided to put one together, and we dropped it off at somebody else's house. And it was this beautiful thing, and we had no idea that that would be something that would need to go for six months or however long it's been now. But there's this reality of somebody did something for me, and I loved it, and I would want people to continue doing these types of things. And so what, is it, what does it look like for me to, to extend that same thing, to encourage someone? Uh, in our church alone, I, I can't even keep track. I think that there's like 17 teachers that attend our church on a regular basis. Uh, and there is no way that I will always remember to text and encourage all of them. Uh, and I am sure I have missed some of them. But what does it look like for you to text and encourage the teachers and the counselors and the school staff this week and let them know that you are on their side and if they need anything to reach out? What does it look like for you to encourage people that are going out for a job interview or that you know is just you know what, it's 2020. They probably need to be encouraged. I mean, there's, there's all of these ways that we can reach out, and that is how we reach our friends instead of waiting for someone else to care for them. We encourage them. We check in on them. Another way is we share our experiences. Authenticity is a huge value for me. It's a way that I try and lead our church because when we are honest about what we have wrestled with and struggled with and what we are dealing with even in these moments— when we tell that type of stuff openly to people, it is a way to reach them and let them know, hey, you're not the only one. You're not alone in this. We, I'm dealing with this. Other people are dealing with this. So it's not only encouraging and texting and, and, and that type of thing, but it's actually just sharing of your own story, your own experiences, offering to pray for them. And some of you guys are like, you crossed the line there, Pastor. Uh, some people are very nervous about praying out loud for others. And so maybe you are comfortable enough to pray for them in that moment, but maybe it's just saying, hey, I'm going to be praying for you this week. And that way you don't have to pray in front of them out loud. You don't have to worry about what to say in that moment, although I think all of you are more than capable of doing that. But you can just let them know that you will be praying for them. They will be on your heart and on your mind that you're in their corner. Uh, maybe it looks like meeting somebody's practical needs. You're aware of, of something that somebody is in need of, a family is in need of, or maybe just something that they would enjoy. And, and you show up in a very specific way and you meet one of those needs or one of those hopes. Man, what a beautiful way to reach your friends. What a beautiful way to reach your coworkers, your family, the people in your community. Um, obviously, you can invite people to the events that the church does, this is a little bit different in 2020. We just did a trivia night on Friday night, which was a ton of fun again. And there was people on that call that were only playing team trivia via Zoom because somebody invited them to. And I don't know when the next time or if ever they'll be able to attend a South Hill service or if that's something they're interested in, but they loved being invited into that experience. And so what does it look like to invite people into uh, church or community events? And then obviously there is a, a huge huge heart that we have to invite people to come to experience this community, whether it's online, whether it's uh, at our live outdoor 1030 services. Those are the two realities that we're living in right now. What does it look like for us to invite them? I was uh, following along in some of the, the chats as Brianna was um, 
teaching. And uh, it's funny because Tracy is hosting our uh, church online platform. And I remember the first Sunday that Tracy came to church. Uh, it was Teacher Appreciation Sunday, back when teaching was easy. Uh, teachers didn't even need to be appreciated back then, right, Jamie? Uh, it, was, it was a long time ago, but somebody invited her to come to Teacher Appreciation Sunday, and she came. And uh, I think that she's been a part of our church pretty much ever since, and now she's a volunteer. And there's this reality of just a simple invitation can, can impact someone's life. They feel valued and cared about. They find something. If, if you have found something, if God shows up in a way that is impacting your life through this church and this community, then why would he not want to do that same thing in the lives of the people that you know? There's all kinds of practical ways that we can reach our friends, but the value for us is that we won't wait for someone else to reach them, which means it's on us. So what does that look like for me this week, tomorrow, today? Let's pray together.